Welcome to episode 10 of Cyberbytes the Podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Cooper, co-founder of Aspron Search. Today's guest, we have CISO Sandy Dunn. Sandy spent 16 years at HP before leaving to join Blue Cross of Idaho, where she spent almost six years as their CISO. She's now an advisor for various cybersecurity startups, and she kindly shares her CISO pyramid of progress with us. How are you? I'm amazing. How are you, Joseph? Yeah, really well, thank you. Really well. Excited to have you on. I Great to be here. What have you been up to the last couple of weeks? Because um, I don't know how the LinkedIn algorithm works, but it just seems like you're all over my LinkedIn feed at the moment, of doing various <laughs> podcasts and other bits and Speaking, pieces. Yes, publishing, doing all sorts of stuff, um, talking about cybersecurity, um, and really just trying to help as many people as I can kind of put um, some sort of, of common sense around their cybersecurity program. Um, we've made so much progress in the last couple of years. There's so much good guidance um, from MITRE, from uh, NIST, um, from a number of different organizations. But now pulling all of those pieces together, I still see that a lot of organizations are kind of heads down in the trenches trying to just um, get through the stuff. And so if I can come in and kind of talk to them about being strategic, it can help them um, you know, kind of be more effective with how they're able to use their resources and their time. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, before we get into the good stuff, we're going to take it right back to, to how you first got into security and run through your journey from there. Absolutely. Where did it all begin for you? Uh, so it all started for me um, I, in 2001 through 2002. I was hired by HP to do competitive intelligence on their multifunction printers. And at that time, nobody was really talking about security. But um, I thought it occurred to me it, if we were sending stuff off these devices and if they were doing all of these amazing things off these multifunction printers, we should be worried about security. So I dug in. There wasn't a lot of information out there. I started listening to the Paul.com podcast and Mandiant had a podcast. Sans had training, of course, um, and just started trying to learn everything I could about cybersecurity. Um, and what I found was once um, I was fascinated with it. And once I started learning, then you started, people started asking you to come and do different things. I got, I transitioned into different roles within HP. I ended up being part of their cybersecurity team. Um, and after I left HP, after 16 years, I transitioned to Blue Cross of Idaho. I was their CISO there for six years. Um, I left about a year ago, and I've been working for a number of different startups and doing a variety of different things since then. Nice. So 16 years at HP, how come you yeah. stayed that long in one company? That's quite unusual, particularly nowadays where people are jumping every couple of years or so. Yeah, HP was such an amazing place. Um, you know, while I was there... Um, there were still, you know, traces of the legacy Bill and Dave culture. You know, a lot of us still had the rules of the garage posted on our cubicles. Um, and there was just so many absolutely brilliant people. 
Uh, HP Labs, there's just, they were phenomenal people working on phenomenal problems. And I was, I always felt incredibly fortunate to be there and be part of a lot of the amazing things they were doing. Um, I was there during the split. That was uh, epic, trying to split a corporation that, that was that large and had so many intertwined resources um, and trying to figure out some of that stuff. And of course, uh, some of the incidents that I got to be a part of there were just like incredible, like the complexity and trying to get in front of those and, you know, even Heartbleed, you know, trying to shut down all of the stuff within Heartbleed or trying to revoke a certificate, not knowing, you know, at the time you didn't even really know what was the impact if you revoked a code, revoked a code signing certificate. certificate. So, um, yeah. I loved being at HP. I loved, really enjoyed the the people I got to work with there. Yeah, yeah. What in terms of roles? What what was the like the starting role and how did they evolve? Like, what was the 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 track? Um, for me, um, I you know I started out in competitive intelligence and then I went into a security role um, where we were doing a lot of. Um, I was responsible for vetting. Um, the security applications that we're using the SDK on our on our MFPs. Um, then I went into a cloud team that was one of the very first teams that was actually going into AWS and trying to send print jobs up into the cloud so it would automatically print on your printer. So that was all new. Um, and then HP stood up its own cloud. We had to pull it out at AWS and go into our own cloud, which is, you know, all kind of crazy. I was information security officer while I was there. So um, one of the most interesting roles I had there was being on the team that had to actually respond when a security researcher submitted a vulnerability, any kind of an issue with one of our products and kind of work that through um, negotiating with them, getting that patched, applying the CVE. So tons of you know just a variety of experiences and being part of all different aspects did a lot around product security so it was my first exposure to doing you know um, threat modeling at a product level we actually had an um a, a very brilliant person who came up with one of the very first threat modeling um models for product security it was you know, way too heavy. It would take us weeks and weeks uh, with a lot of in very smart people on the phone to do the modeling, but it was my first exposure to it. Um, so, yeah, lots of Yeah, different. nice. I'm not surprised you stayed there for so long with the variety of roles that you, you took. Did you did you see recently that HP acquired Access Security so that the Zero Trust cybersecurity startup out of Israel? I think they acquired them for like 500 million. So uh, interesting acquisition there. <laughs> yeah. What was, um? so after the HP, obviously the 16 years there, you then went into, the, was that your first CISO role? It was. So I was hired at Blue Cross of Idaho um, as their security architect. And they had a really awesome CISO. And my plan, I was working on my master's from SANS at the time you know, raising two children and trying to be a good wife and rodeoing too. So my, my life is pretty busy. So when I, when I went over there, I was like, okay, I'm going to learn how to be a great CISO. 
and from this person and then eventually I'll be a CISO. And I still wonder, like, why did I think that was a good idea sometimes? Like, why, why was I good? that I think the CISO role, but I knew I was good at, at um, really kind of bridging the gap between business and cybersecurity. And I recognized that there was a disconnect. And so I, I thought, okay, CISO, that's where I'll be really effective. Um, but I was at Blue Cross of Idaho for about a month and the CISO left and they, and they basically said, okay, now you're the CISO. And I was like, what? You know, so I really had to learn <laughs> a lot fast. Wow. How so just give the, the the viewers like an idea of how big that organization was as well. Cause I was shocked when I saw how many employees and the size. Um yeah, um we had uh you know about gosh, you're gonna make um about a, a twelve hundred users. Um and, uh, you know, I had 23 people that were on the cybersecurity team. So, yeah, it was a, it was a lot. It really was. And the, and the organization itself was going through a massive transition. Um, we had just got a new CIO. And I can remember um, one weekend where he was basically, you, he looked at our IT team and said, you will have Office 365 up in two weeks. And we were like, oh, my <laughs> God, you know, what just happened? <laughs> nice. How did so I read on your LinkedIn that you managed to reduce security incidents by 80 percent while she was there over two years. So what sort of things do you do to, to manage to do that? Um, it really was, um, again, being an evangelist within the organization. Um, I recognized, you know, it was a business partnership and always trying to push it to the left. Um, I, I really saw that there, there was this, um, you know, they saw security testing as pen testing once a year. Well, that's, you know, that's insane. That's not how you do security testing. And you'd go in and you'd see, uh, you know, vulnerabilities that had been on the exceptions list for three years. And I'd be like, well, what are we doing to make sure we're not getting any more vulnerabilities? You know, and so as it was um, really, I stood up lunch and learns. Um, I, I created a security champions uh, group with our product developers. Um, you know, I bought donuts and muffins for procurement so that I could get, you know, in, start communicating with them and start saying, hey, I need your support. You know, I, I really need to make sure that I know what's going on with cybersecurity while we're onboarding solutions. Like I, I wanted to um, know, you know, what kind of minefields were coming around the corner. So it, it really was um, a lot of, of tearing down walls and building bridges and um, uh, building partnerships within that within blue cross of idaho yeah absolutely like i think there's just so much gold just from those last few comments there like finding security champions and fostering business relationships is just so important to to be able to build an effective security program so you spent uh how many years was you uh, uh I was there for six six, six. Years. nice yeah. okay and then where did you head off after that i went to a startup i went to um breach quest and doing incident response, I just, I loved being at Blue Cross of Idaho, but I was, I, I 
was ready to um, find a new challenge. And really, I wanted to know more about being a CISO in other types of organizations. I've, I had done, I'd seen so much at HP as around product security, um, but, you know, and doing, you know, the, the PACER stuff and all of that. And then I had my experience with healthcare and I was, and I wanted to really dig into startup and incident response. Incident response fascinates me as a cybersecurity subject matter, just putting out fires and, it's clear you obviously like stressful environments <laughs> doing that. Yeah. yeah, I it was it was a great experience. Um I, again, just a, a wonderful group of people, friendships that I'll have forever. Um yeah, it was it was a great experience. Um you know, ran into a few challenges um and you know, saw some changes at the end of October. And so I've been kind of doing my own thing since then. I, I'm also a, um, an adjunct professor at BSU in their program. So I had to rewrite one of my courses, took the time to rewrite that. I'm on the board for the cyber program, very involved with kind of, you know, up and coming cybersecurity education, making sure that people have the right skills um, to be able to protect organizations. Nice. I think that segues quite nicely into the the part we want to talk about next, which is the CISO uh, pyramid of progress. Do you want to uh, bring that up and run through sure. what exactly that is? So was you speaking about this yesterday or was this last week we was giving a webinar on it? Um, It was, gosh, um, about a week and a half ago, I did a presentation um, here locally in Boise where I shared this. Nice. Um, and, and, and again, it's it's um, what I wanted people to recognize. Got it. Yep, we got that. Right screen. Yeah, we've got that. Okay, what what I was providing for people was uh, this holistic look look of um, reviewing their program, and I wanted them to really bridge that gap between compliance and governance and cybersecurity. Um, we really have got to get on the same page and be able to complement each other's work and work together. Often you'll see governance and compliance and doing one thing in cybersecurity um, going in and they spend all of their time trying to, to provide audit evidence and they don't have enough time to, to actually do security work. And so what the emphasis around the CISO pyramid of progress is really trying to help organizations um, orchestrate their cybersecurity program and bring all of those pieces together. There's just not enough resources or time to manually do things. So you've got to focus on that automation. Um, they the some of the new SEC proposed rules around their expectation around risk monitoring, you you have to it's you can't just have a policy in place. <laughs> You've got to be actually doing the things that you say that you're doing in the policy. You have to be able to show evidence of your standards and your procedures, and that happens when you build it into your process, and that's through automation, making sure that those policies are living, breathing documents. Um, third-party risk. If you're if you're managing your third-party risk simply by having people fill out a questionnaire, you're setting yourselves up 
for some sort of security incident because there's only so much that you can know from a questionnaire. And it really depends on the type of partner you have. Like a person who's developing code for you, scanning their website isn't, it'll let you know if they're doing, practicing good security, but it won't tell you whether or not they know how to do secure code development. So you really have to be able to look across your program and making sure that everything you're doing is reaching that, that final goal of being resilient, being able to respond and recover to any type of incident, because you know, we've been, do, we've been, um, coding really badly for 30 years and <laughs> there's you you see it as well as I do I mean there's there's a new zero day every day and with this artificial intelligence and so much automation that we don't have 30 days to patch anymore a new vulnerability you've got to be able to automate all of this stuff understand what's going on in your network who's on your network why they're on your network and then be able to um, stay in front of anything that potentially happens. Hundred percent. So, how? What about if, like, a, a CISO right now is facing pushback from whether it's senior stakeholders or internal teams or software developers? How how will they sort of get over that? And yeah, that's it's a it's a common mm. problem. Um, but what we're seeing, you know, I'm certainly seeing when I'm talking to other people and seeing in the in the news is uh, the SEC is looking at boards and saying, you you are accountable for risk. And what that means is the whole organization is accountable for cybersecurity. It's not just the CISO anymore. They're saying, you know, this is a business problem. And, and so as a CISO, if you have that kind of support with your executives and with your board, you're able to go into the business and using rational you know risk management you're saying hey this needs to be fixed and if we don't here's the potential impact and cost to it so i i think those days of of cso's I, and obviously it's always on a, uh, it continues to mature but it, as a cso it's very frustrating to to have to bet run around begging people to patch stuff i mean you just feel like you know, please, yeah. you know, or, or getting any priority to do remediation. It seems like every business project that comes in, um, you're fighting with them for time, resources, and even things like having a project manager to be able to implement some of the, the things that you want to be able to fix. Um, mm. so. how, how important is hiring a, a, the team to help you with, with solving this? Um, oh, it, it's absolutely critical. Mm. I mean, there's the, there's only so much, um, expertise you can have. There's just so much to know. And so you need to have someone who's an expert at cloud and you need to have someone who's an expert at, um, being able to identify threats within the environment. I mean, and you're 100% reliant on that, those people to, uh, as a CISO, really that's your job is to make sure that you hire the absolute best possible talent on the team and then being able to, to um, act on that within the business. 
Nice. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that with us. You mentioned earlier quite a few different um, resources, like, for example, you mentioned SANS and you did a master's yourself. If we were to discuss certain resources that you keep up to date with, what what sort of ones? You mentioned MITRE as well, which I'm, obviously we could go off and talk quite a lot about, but you've mentioned quite a few things there. Like, Which ones do you sort of think would be really important for people to check out? Yeah, Um. A MITRE right now is my number one. There's a, a couple different um, people that I follow. You know, Bruce Schneier, obviously anything he says you know, is is um, is what I take as, as gospel. Um, NIST documentation uh, is really important to me. Um, you know, SANS is a great organization, but not always within uh, the budget for many people. Um, the the work that John Strand is doing at Black Hills Security is phenomenal. Um, I just took a course this week um, on from uh, a gentleman, um, and I won't be able, didn't have it ready. But, you know, he offered a great course on GRC um, threat analysis, and okay. you know, and it for fifteen dollars, and it's it's like forty hours. So there's so many different resources out there and i'm sure you've seen it too joe where people post um free courses i mean that's one of the most um amazing things about um the internet is just how much information great information is out there 100 i think like, it can be quite easy for people to just be over consumed with the amount of resources that are available so it's really interesting that you say it. and I've, I've actually heard of john's stuff john's trans stuff so I'll definitely put and i'll put the the grc course that you've just taken in the show notes as well as so people can can check that out look i'm keeping these shows um sort of quite short um but what would you from an advice perspective what would you have said to, to sandy 20 years ago when you sort of first well yeah 20 i'm not going to get your age involved but <laughs> <laughs> um what would you have oh, said yeah. to your younger your younger self from an, an advice perspective oh wow that's a tough one um you know the thing, the thing that's been fascinating to me about how the CISO role has evolved is, you really, I mean, you have to have great presentation skills. Um, the expectation that you're representing your organization and you're publishing, you're speaking. I don't think I saw that one coming. You know, all those years ago, I didn't know what a a huge responsibility it would be to to um be a a voice for the organization that you're for that you're working for yeah that's really interesting because i think one of the the main things that i prepare especially for those interviewing is communication skills because if you can't communicate your work then it isn't going to work out um so that's really interesting you you put that in there any anything else because i know you've flagged on education quite a lot i'm personally a big believer in always educating uh, yeah i think that that is something about that's unique about cybersecurity. and when i teach in my courses a lot of times um i get complaints from my students that um i expect a lot of reading from them and and my response to that is this is i'm really giving you not even um, a full experience of what how much reading and research I do every week that and I I think that 
that's part of our jobs in cybersecurity. I think you, I mean, there's just so much, everything's happening so fast. Um, I keep thinking at some point it's going to slow down, but I mean, it doesn't <laughs> it, seem it to. It hasn't. No. Well, listen, Sandy, we could talk for hours, but thank you so much for coming on the pod and uh, I'll be seeing you soon. Okay. Thanks, too. Oh, 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 oh,